Welcome to Environment Matters with me, Amanda Yorworth. Environment Matters is the show that brings you news on issues of sustainability and the environment from around St Albans and from further afield. Coming up later, why animals around the world are glad that they're welcoming you back to Whipsnade Zoo. But first, well, batteries look fairly innocuous, don't they? But they are actually very dangerous, as local waste operatives have found out recently. I spoke to Louise Palmer, Waste and Recycling Officer for St Albans District Council, about this and other lockdown waste problems. Louise, thank you for joining me. So tell us what happened in the incidents with the batteries recently. Well, we have had a few recently, um, fires in our our wagons, which we believe were started by batteries. Um, What happens is the compactor uh, damages the carton of the battery uh, which then creates a short circuit and that um, creates a spark which can set fire to the other materials Um, so it can either be in a landfill wagon or some people are putting them in to the recycling bin our guys can't often spot these if they're further down the bin but once that spark has uh, lit it can uh, cause other things to catch fire and indeed the wagons have gone up. I'm pleased to say that in every instance the crews have been okay and they've realised in time but of course there's a lot of damage to the wagon that's then out of action uh, for several weeks and we really need electricals and especially batteries to be disposed of properly. Okay, so obviously that is, it must have been very, really quite frightening for the, for the people involved as well. But that's not the only issues that batteries cause, is it? I mean, if they get into landfill, they're actually quite nasty. They are nasty. They um, contain a lot of what we call heavy metals, uh, which again can leach as the, the casing corrodes. All these heavy metals can leach into the soil, uh, which can then run off into the waterways. So where you've got um, lithium and mercury, it's really, really important that batteries are disposed of properly. And several years ago now, um, there was an ERP directive. Well, it means that any um, outlet that sells batteries must provide a container for uh, spent batteries to be brought back and then they're properly disposed of. So... You know, you think of a store where you could buy a battery, they will have a container um, and you take your, your used batteries there um, and then a registered carrier will come and collect them, take them away and they will be properly disposed of. OK, Louise, I'm thinking that lots of the places that sell batteries are places like supermarkets, quite big shops. Some people are, are yeah. still a little nervous about going into these places. Is there anywhere else that we can dispose of batteries safely? Sure. We do take them curbside as well. So while we take small electricals, um, if you look at our wagons, on the uh, side between the front and back wheels, there's a little um, sort of basket. It's not huge. So your maximum size would be sort of a kettle or a toaster. But we can take batteries as well. The thing is, they do need to be visible. So don't put any kind of batteries or electricals in a bag where our crews wouldn't be able to tell so i don't know if you've got toilet roll or something that comes in a clear plastic packaging if you could put it in that kind of a a bag so the crew were able to see quite clearly what it is and then they will put it in the basket uh, and it will go back to our depot and we will have it taken away and properly disposed of 
Okay, brilliant. So in a, in a clear plastic bag so that they can be seen. I've sometimes found actually that sticking a little label on saying batteries for recycling or something can be, can be helpful something as well. Something like that is, you know, that's great. You've got to think that these guys are really under the cloche. They're working so hard. I mean, the weather's been nice recently, but especially when it's a bit miserable. Anything you can do to help, you can put it on the lid, clearly mark, you know, please take your batteries or what have you, just so it makes their life just a little bit easier. Um, don't assume that they're going to guess right. okay. what it is that's in that bag. Yeah, good stuff. Right. Now, there's been a bit of discussion on social media recently about compostable plastics. I mean, you can see that um, whilst uh, contamination of things like reusable cups uh, is, is sort of an issue, we're kind of wondering if compostable cups are a good compromise. What should we do with something that's marked compostable, Louise? Well, it, the concept is fantastic, um, but what they'll say is in a commercial composter. Now, unfortunately, we don't have a commercial composter locally. Whilst we do compost food waste and garden waste, it's not in a commercial composter. They're very, very different uh, processes. So if we were to get any of this um, compostable plates and cups and what have you, it would be just be taken out of as contam contamination. So if you've got a home compost heap, you could put it in there. Chances are it would take quite a long time to break down though. A co commercial composter is a very, very high temperature. You're unlikely to reach those sort of temperatures in your home composter, but nonetheless, you could put it in and eventually it will break down. Right. OK, that, that's a good tip there. But you probably wouldn't want too many. So, um, yeah, probably um, in moderation then. OK, but compostable plastic and batteries, they're not the only two um, waste and recycling issues you've had at the moment. Tell us about another problem you've been having, Louise. Well, another problem is disposable barbecues. I know it seems like a lovely idea to go down the park, have a barbecue. Not only can they get well they do get very very hot underneath can cause fire on the ground but also people disposing of them in litter bins or just in their bin at home unless that barbecue is stone cold do not put it in a bin uh, it will warm up and it will cause fires uh, so we've had a lot of issues like uh, with that but also all the packaging um, where people are taking picnics and what have you into our parks Yes, there are litter bins, but frankly, the amount of litter that's being generated is nowhere near. Um, it's just way too much for all our litter bins. We would need to have people standing next to litter bins, emptying them literally every single hour to keep up with the amount of litter. And that's just not practical. So if you take it into the park, the open space, please just take it home with you. And also you can then separate it into the recycling majority of our litter bins unfortunately it all just goes straight to landfill right indeed that's a very good point louise thank you very much indeed for sharing that with us today 
And Louise reminded me that if you are struggling to fit your recycling into your existing bins, as I know a lot of you are at the moment, then you can go to the St Albans District Council website and ask for more to be delivered to you. You can have another black bin, food waste caddy or paper box for free and an extra green bin will cost you just £50 per year. And I would like to give a big Environment Matters round of applause to the bin men who've continued to work right the way through lockdown dealing with what Louise described as Christmas levels of waste for weeks on end. My goodness, we'd sure miss them if they weren't there. And on the subject of waste, coming up is a free online screening of The Story of Plastic. That's on Wednesday, the 1st of July at 7 o'clock. Details and tickets can be found on the Sustainable St Albans website. Um, And uh, there'll be a post-film panel discussion at 8.30 after the film with a panel including Jen Gale, who's the author of the popular Sustainable-ish blog and book. And this is the second local showing of this film and the first um, showing was a sellout. People were disappointed. So well worth booking your tickets now. Well, it was with a sigh of relief that zoos like Whipsnade Zoo were told last week that they were going to be allowed to reopen on Monday. But the effect of zoo lockdown is more wide-reaching than we might think. Last week, with final preparations for reopening Whipsnade Zoo underway, I spoke to ZSL Whipsnade Zoo's Chief Operating Officer, Owen Kraft. So, Owen, thank you very much indeed for joining me. So, what's Whipstage Zoo been like in lockdown? Have, have the animals enjoyed the peace and quiet, or do you think they miss the attention of the public? <laughs> so, we've been uh, we've been closed now since March the twentieth, so nearly eleven weeks now. We've been closed, and it's been a, a very challenging time for us. On, on the positive side, you know, we've had animal births in that time. We've had uh, a baby yak. We've had young deer fawn born we've introduced the male elephant in with us in with our elephant herd so it's been a very busy time uh for the keepers now obviously in zoo life even without visitors um, we have to continue um we have to continue as normal we've had zookeepers vets and our essential site team working around the clock to ensure the animals still receive the best care you know we won't compromise on their welfare and they're receiving lots of attention training enrichment just to keep them active and to and still to keep regularly seeing and um, visitors coming in um, obviously there are certain animals that, that do miss the visitor interaction and i'm sure they'll be looking forward to seeing visitors when we're back open Indeed. Um, so um, you're now open for visits. How's it going to work? So the two sites, um, they're predominantly outside spaces. So we'll be opening as outdoor only, uh, in line with government advice. Uh, the two sites are very different, but uh, Whipstage Zoo, for example, is a 600 acre site uh, set in the Chilterns. Um, we will be starting off um, with just online tickets only. That's where that's prepaid visits or member visits. Everybody has to download a ticket. Um, we will have a reduced number and capacities on site uh, to, in order to ensure uh, we're comfortable that social distancing can be adhered to. In terms of the measures on site, we've transformed the, the visitor experience at London Zoo with one-way systems and wayfinding all around the site. We've got increased hand sanitizer stations all around the park additional signage has been installed and we've increased and we'll be increasing our cleaning schedules too okay so it sounds like you've done lots to ensure that um social distancing is going to be popular and everybody is going to be safe um so bookings are already open is it proving popular 
Yes, I mean, obviously, there's been a huge focus on zoos over the last uh, week. And, you know, as a visit to a zoo is it really connects people with nature and people are looking for things, more things to do in the outside space. And zoos are a vital space for people um, to connect with nature. And you can tell the demand has been overwhelming and we're trying to fulfill tickets and as quickly as possible for people, but within the parameters we've put in place. Indeed. So one of the things that people uh, might sometimes forget about um, ZSL is that you don't just have um, your zoos, but also you do a lot of conservation work. Has that been affected by COVID around the world? I think the first thing is obviously we work in uh, many different countries um, and all different countries have had different measures in place for, for, for dealing with uh, COVID-19. As an international conservation charity, yeah, our, absolutely. Our our mission is to ensure we have a world where wildlife thrives, and we do that through field conservation, through pioneering science, and from a costs perspective, you know, we our, our work is looking after some of the most critically endangered animals. We want to, to ensure that still continues during this process, but obviously. There are restrictions in place in certain countries and the loss of income through this period has really impacted on how much work we're able to do too. We've been closed now across the Easter holidays, that's two bank holidays in May and the glorious spring sunshine we've had is, is really has is, is really impacted on our finances and from a, unlike other businesses we, we can't furlough, I don't know, we can only furlough a certain number of uh, staff so we have to ensure our conservationists and, and all our zoo teams are, are all still able to be able to work. Indeed. So how's the financial future of the zoo and the conservation work looking at this point then? So reopening the zoo is a, is a, is a good start in the right direction. Um, it's not an instant fix. I think that would be the first thing to say. Um, as I say, we our primary source of income is through our zoo admissions and we need we need more support. There was a a zoo's uh, grant was um, of a zoo fund from government was put forward that really was aimed at smaller collections. The cost to run our two zoos, London and Whipsnade, is over two million pounds a month. So you know that's that's a big hole to fill. So we need more support. The public support has been absolutely fantastic. People have been fundraising, raising, do, um, donating money instantly, waiving their memberships. And even writing to their letters in, in to their local MPs to in order to to help us out financially. Right. Well, that sounds like um, as I would expect, you've got lots of support from the public there. And do you have any particular request for them at the minute? Obviously, you know, if they can find slots to to come and visit you, that that would be one thing. Anything else you'd like them to do? We're looking forward to them coming back uh, on on site as soon as possible. Uh, some patience, please, as the demand in, in, in the beginning is going to be quite overwhelming. So we will try to get through their ticket requests as quickly as possible. Um, but yes, but please continue to support us financially as well. Even if you're unable to visit our zoos, anything, any amount will help, whether that's a monthly donation to us or keep fundraising for us because this is going to affect us for an, uh, a while yet. 
I was speaking there to Owen Craft, Whipsnade Zoo's Chief Operating Officer. And Whipsnade Zoo is now open and bookings are very busy, but those of you who have been able to get tickets and visit appear to have had a great time. And looking at the ZSL website just now, there are still places for the middle of next week and a good availability for the following week. And members do still go free, although you have to book. And there's still time to book your place for Grow Community Sopwell's online food garden question time. That's tomorrow, Thursday the 18th of June from 8 until 9.30pm. It's a free online event with experienced local gardeners talking about all things food growing. Ask your questions and get tips and advice. You can find all the information you need including how to book on the Grow Community Sopwell part of cottonmillandsopwellhub.org And if you need something to smile about then head to the Sustainable St Albans website to take a look at the entries to their competition for under 18s. They asked young people to show how they had been living sustainably during lockdown and youngsters were asked to send in photos, artwork or a piece of writing inspired by what they have been doing. So do have a browse through the gorgeous photos and the fantastic artworks. And if you'd like to hear Kate Swindell talk about the Grow Community Sopwell project and what they've been up to during lockdown, then head to the podcast page of the Radio Verulam website. In fact, you can listen now to any edition of Environment Matters by going to radioverulam.com forward slash podcasts. And um, plus you can subscribe to the weekly Environment Matters podcast through your favourite podcast provider. Do follow me on Twitter at RV underscore environment, like the Environment Matters Facebook page or drop me a line on Amanda at radioverulam.com. I'm going to be back at the same time next week. Until then, thank you for listening. <laughs>